Hello, and welcome to the This Girl Loves Sleep podcast, the show that will help your entire family bring back bedtime. Each episode, sleep expert Alana McGinn discusses your burning sleep questions and provides you with tangible sleep tips and tricks to help you create your own sleep plan for your family. Whether it's how to extend your baby's naps, end bedtime battles with your toddler, or help you sleep better at night, this podcast talks all things sleep to help you and your family get the sleep you deserve. With colleagues, friends, and other wellness experts, Alana discusses all lifestyle topics that you want more information on. Are you ready to bring back bedtime? Here's your host, sleep educator, mom of three, and pop culture fanatic, Alana McGinn. Guys, you don't have to be sleep deprived just because you have a baby. If you think you are destined to months of no sleep after having a baby, think again. I am going to be your guide in teaching your baby how to become a champion sleeper with the same compassionate and practical wisdom I've used to help thousands of families get better sleep. You are the expert at your baby's sleep. No, really, you are. And I'm going to teach you how to use your knowledge about your baby to create a personalized sleep plan grounded in the science of sleep. I want to introduce you to my first book in the This Girl Loves Sleep series titled This Baby Loves Sleep. In This Baby Loves Sleep, I debunk the myths about baby sleep that may be keeping your little one from getting the rest he or she needs. I use the newborn weeks as the foundation for building good sleep habits. I apply my four good night sleep tools as the basis for your baby's sleep plan. And I help your baby fall asleep on his or her own throughout the night without your assistance. And we prioritize maternal and paternal mental health during your baby's infancy. This is the baby sleep book that every tired parent needs to own. You won't be skipping any chapters with this one. I made it my mission to create an easy to read, easy to apply and plan sleep book that gets to the heart of what's going on with your baby's sleep quickly and insightfully so that you can start applying these practical science-based baby sleep steps that have helped thousands of our families as early as tonight. So what's inside this baby loves sleep? You're going to learn newborn know-how. You will learn to recognize the connection between your newborn's brain development and sleep. I write about sleep environment. Understand the important role that sleep environment plays in your baby's sleep. We're going to talk about schedules, guys. It's the question we get asked so often from our families. So you are going to learn the biologically appropriate times your baby should be awake and asleep based on age and development. The approach, you will be able to find the sleep training method that works best for you and your baby. And guys, who's ready for longer naps? You will be able to unlock the secrets of restful and longer and I mean it, guys, longer naps. You're going to get all the answers to your most common baby sleep dilemmas. I wrote this book with you in mind because I remember what it was like to be exhausted and needing information, safe, practical, research-based information that I could apply to my baby sleep plan stat. This Baby Love Sleep is the baby sleep book that will help your baby learn the important skill of independent sleep, helping your family get the sleep they need. 
You can find a link to purchase this baby love sleep over at goodnightsleepsite.com and it's available to download now. That's right. You can start reading it within seconds and your baby can start sleeping soundly before you know it. Hi, everyone. I'm Alana McGinn from goodnightsleepsite.com, a website offering free sleep resources for you and your family. You can also find information on our amazing certified sleep consultant team who can help you with each step along the way to creating your family sleep plan. All right, guys, I am switching things up, and today's episode will be an entire episode of my sleep clinic, where I answer your sleep questions that you have submitted to me through Instagram or Twitter. I get so many questions each and every day, and I love that now I have the perfect platform to answer them. So let's do this. At the end of most This Girl Loves Sleep episodes, I open up my sleep clinic and answer one or two sleep questions that you have submitted that focuses on the subject of the episode. Because you guys are amazing and send me in so many questions, I'm going to dedicate this episode and upcoming ones as well to an entire sleep clinic episode where I read your questions and answer them for you. If you want your sleep question possibly answered on an upcoming episode, make sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Both are at GN sleep site, and you can message me your sleep question there. Remember, I can answer your entire family's sleep questions from babies to adults. Okay, guys, let's get started. These sleep questions were submitted to me from Instagram. Christy asks, our boy is 13 months in a few days. What are some tells that he is ready to go from two naps a day to one? I actually received quite a few questions about transitioning naps and how do you know when your child is ready to drop a nap and go from two to one nap? So first thing we need to look at, Christy, and everyone listening who asked that question, we need to look at the age of the child. Typically speaking, I don't recommend a child go from two to one naps until they are about 15 to 18 months of age. So it really comes down to how sleep sensitive is your child. Some kids might be able to drop it as early as 15 months of age. Some toddlers really need to kind of hang on to that nap until 18 months of age. You don't want to drop that nap too early. Here's the thing, guys. This is a big transition. Okay. This is a big change and it could be a tough one. It could be a bit of a long road to get to the other side. So you've got to be patient with this. And when you start too early, and if your child isn't fully ready to drop that nap, it's going to be tough and you probably won't be that successful with it and everything might go to mess, right? So we don't want to do that. So again, between 15 to 18 months of age, if you're seeing before then, so we're looking at 12 months of age, 13 months of age, what tends to happen is we might start seeing a bit of a nap strike. And this could be for many reasons. A few of those reasons could be there's a lot of developmental stuff going on right now. Your child could have just been starting to walk, moving around more. They're creating more independence. Their language is exploding. So this might give you a temporary nap strike. This does not, and I repeat, this does not mean your child is ready to drop that nap. So if you're seeing a nap strike anywhere between 12 months of age, 13, 14 months of age, 
do not drop that nap yet. Just stay consistent with things and offer that quiet time. And likely your child will start napping again. But if it's anywhere between 15 to 18 months of age, and you're seeing that maybe your child is dropping or not going down for the morning nap and taking the afternoon nap, or taking a morning nap and then not taking the afternoon nap, or that morning nap is getting pushed out more and more, which is then cutting into the afternoon nap, your child might be ready to drop that age. And I will be dedicating an entire episode, likely maybe one or two. There might be a part one and part two, because like I said, guys, this is a big transition on transitioning naps and how to drop naps. So stay tuned for that episode. But Christy and everyone else that asked that question, I hope that that helps. All right, so the next question is from at KCG87. And she asks, my girl is almost eight months. She's on a 6.45 to seven sleep schedule and two naps a day, last one ending at 3.30. She still has four ounces in the night. I tried cutting it out and she wakes up at 5.30 to six starving and then her whole day is thrown off and she's cranky from getting up early. Any advice is appreciated. So typically speaking, at eight months of age, And I'm assuming baby is healthy, thriving, everything is good. There's no medical concerns because you haven't listed anything. Typically speaking, you can work on weaning out all night feeds. Normally, and I'll talk more about this in upcoming episodes, but normally by around six months, again, provided baby's healthy, thriving, parents are ready to do it, we start possibly working on weaning out all feeds. So we definitely can remove that four ounces at night if you're ready to do it. When we are seeing night wakings, two things are likely happening, okay? One is there's an association. So she's used to having that bottle at bedtime or at when she wakes up in the middle of the night. Um, There's that association, right? She needs that feed to, to soothe herself and to fall back asleep. The other reason why we might see frequent night wakings happen at a baby around that age is sleep's getting lost somewhere. So there's a sleep debt that's accumulated. She's overtired, and that can cause frequent night waking, so more restless sleep at night. So we need to look at naps. You said she has two naps a day, last one ending at 3.30. How long are those naps? You know, at her age, you should be looking at like an hour and a half to two hours per nap, right? One hour is good. An hour and a half is our goal for morning and afternoon. I'd love to actually see that afternoon nap bumped up a little bit. So uh, wake time meaning. So you said that she wakes up at 3.30 for her afternoon nap. Maybe let's wake her up a little bit earlier and then move bedtime a little bit earlier. Because another reason why we're seeing those night wakings is because, again, this goes along with the overtiredness and the sleep debt, baby's going to bed too late. So by shifting everything earlier, we can aim for that earlier bedtime, therefore getting baby to sleep more restfully throughout the night, eliminating that waking and therefore eliminating that feed. And that will also help push out that early morning waking. Okay. I know logically we think the earlier we put our kids to bed, the earlier they're going to wake up, but biologically our babies need a lot more sleep. So when they're going down to bed earlier, they're going down more rested, they're sleeping more restfully, and they're pushing out those early morning waking. So there could be a lot of things going on that need to be tweaked within your plan, but those are some of the things that kind of jumped out at me. So I hope that that helps. All right. The next question is from at Rach Diddy. 
I love that name. My seven-month-old recently went from two naps a day and a cat nap to just two naps, but it's been a disaster. The last nap ends around 2, 2.30. I moved bedtime to six from seven. He's so fussy and overtired by this point. Bedtime is such a struggle and his sleep throughout the night is very interrupted and he usually will wake around 4.30 to 5 a.m. Is this normal? Should I move bedtime even earlier? Help, sincerely, a super tired mama. All right, so we need to eliminate that super tiredness, right? So like I said, guys, dropping naps is a big change, whether it's from three to two, two to one, one to none, right? So one thing that I always say is that whenever we're removing sleep, we're not eliminating it completely. We have to make up for that lost sleep somewhere else throughout the day. For instance, if we're going from two to one naps, the two naps might have been, you know, an hour, an hour and a half each. Now we have to work on consolidating out that afternoon nap. So making that nap longer and moving bedtime up. When we're eliminating that third cat nap, I always recommend moving bedtime earlier until your child is just adjusted to the two naps. And seven months of age is an okay age to eliminate that third cat nap. Typically, we're eliminating that third cat nap anywhere between six to eight months of age. So if you're curious about that, you know, at seven months, it's okay. He is okay to to go down to the two naps. So that's all right. I would like to see bedtime a little bit earlier. You guys know I'm an early bedtime pusher. Like we know this, right? And at that age, at seven months, when we're dropping that third cat nap, sometimes we're putting babies down at 5.30. So he might just need that 5.30 bedtime. I know everyone's jaw just hit the floor and I'm so used to that, (laughs) but he might just need that 5.30 bedtime until he's just adjusted to the two naps. That in itself might help eliminate that early morning waking. And then you can gradually start pushing it out to six and 6.30 once he's doing well on just those two naps. Also watch though, you know, you say his sleep throughout the night is very interrupted and he will usually wake up around 4.35 a.m. So how are you handling those wakings? You know, if there's that association factor, we also have to eliminate that as well, which we can do at seven months. So from just what I read, from just what you've, you've listed here, be patient. That transition is a big one. Yes, move bedtime a little bit earlier and then watch how your associations are throughout the night in terms of how you're responding to that interrupted sleep if you are responding at all. Okay, I hope that helps. All right, our next question comes from at Andrea underscore reset. And her question was, I love this question actually, because it's a great one. Opinions on dream feeds. So who out there is doing a dream feed? So typically a dream feed is when you're including one feed a night. And when you're going in at a certain time, normally it's anywhere between, you know, 10 and 11, 11.30. Normally we say around 10.30 and 11. You're going in picking baby up, you're giving baby a feed, whether it's breast or bottle, and you're putting baby back down to bed and boom, that is a dream feed. Okay. Here's my opinions on dream feed. It really and truly guys depends on the child at the end of the day. I actually used a dream feed for all of my kids. It worked really well for my family, for my husband and I, he would give the dream feed. So I would pump and we would have a bottle at that feed, and eventually that feed would be formula. It worked well for us because I like the fact that I would do everything up until about 9 p.m., dealing with the babies, and then I would be able to sleep from, you know, 9 p.m. until whenever they would wake again, you know, in the middle of the night, and my husband would be able to do that dream feed. So I would at least, it would give me just that like, and you guys 
who are in the throes of it now understand, if you could get like a three-hour chunk of sleep, that was like heaven, right? That is like sleeping through the night. That three hours now becomes your eight hours of sleep. It was amazing. Even two hours of consolidated sleep was awesome. So it allowed me to get that, and that's what I really wanted and needed. So that being said, my kids really accepted that dream feed and did really well with it, that eventually that was their only feed throughout the night. And then by about six months of age, we wean that out completely. Two times where dream feeds might not work for families is, you know, you might not want to wait up till 10 or 1030 to give your baby feed. And I understand that some families don't want to do that. So if you are still including one feed a night, normally we'll say include either a dream feed or a feed when your baby wakes naturally anywhere between like 12 a.m. and 4 a.m. So there's two ways that you can include that one feed a night. The other time that a dream feed might not work well for your child is if you are giving that dream feed and you are following all the sleep tools, you know, you're using all the pieces of the puzzle, you've created that sleep plan, you feel like you're doing everything right, but you're still seeing those frequent wakings happening at around 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and they're just not going away that dream feed could be the cause. And what could happen is by rousing your child out of their natural cycle of sleep, that deep sleep, it could be hard for them to get back into that normal sleep rhythm throughout the night and therefore promote more restless sleep. So if that's the case, we always say eliminate the dream feed and either if baby's age appropriate and medically okay and thriving, we either eliminate feeds altogether or we move it to what I explained before, move it to a natural waking feed. So that is my opinion on dream feeds. They can work great, but it's really up to you as the family. And then at the end of the day, it's really up to the child. All right. At Andrea. Oh, this is also from Andrea at Reset. You asked some good questions. Nap routines versus bedtime routines. Love this question. And it's a really actually easy answer. I approve both. (laughs) So we want to be doing both, right? Your bedtime routine should be about half an hour. Give yourself at least half an hour before baby's bedtime, meaning before baby's placed in crib and put to bed. Give yourself about 30 minutes. You don't have to do a full 30 minutes, even if it's just like 15, 20 minutes, but just again, bringing down stimulation, turning down the lights, talking and soothing tones. You'll likely be including a feed at bedtime, storybook, prayer, like whatever you guys do at bedtime, lots of kisses and cuddles, and then putting baby down awake, right? And we'll talk more about that in upcoming episodes, but always putting down baby awake. Nap time routines are the same as bedtime routines. And what a routine does, guys, let me, again, I'll have an episode just on bedtime routines, but what a routine does is it helps kind of prepare your child for sleep. So it helps give them those cues that sleep is coming. And the amazing thing about a nap time routine, a bedtime routine, is you can start it on day one. Obviously, the routine that you're going to do with your one-month-old might be completely different than you do with your seven or eight month old or one year old or two year old. But again, even adults, like even having a bedtime routine for us, it just helps prepare our body to sleep, helps kind of turn that sleep switch on in our brain and get us ready for sleep. So we also do want to include a nap time routine. And what you do is you just condense that bedtime routine to maybe five to 10 minutes before nap time, go up in baby's room, Whether you include a feed before nap time or after nap time is up to you. But I mean, you're not going to be doing like a bath before your nap time routine. You likely won't be changing them into their PJs. But if they were a sleep sack at bed and you do the sleep sack at bedtime, you could do the sleep sack at nap time. So again, that cue that, okay, sleep sack's coming on, sleep is coming. I get where we're going with this. Maybe read the same book, sing the same song. So just condense that nap time routine 
I wouldn't make it any longer than five to 10 minutes and then get baby down in their crib awake. So nap time versus bedtime routine. There's no verses. I approve both. And yeah, I think you should do them both. I hope that helps. All right. So at Miss Laris, this is our last question, guys. Do you ever wake up your baby or toddler from a long nap, two to five hours, or do you just let them be? Love this question. This is a great one. So I do believe in waking baby, (laughs) not in the beginning. Okay. In the beginning, like when you're in that first month or so, you just let baby sleep, let baby sleep. By two months of age, you want to start protecting that next sleep phase. Biologically speaking, you can't get baby on a set nap time, wake time, bedtime, you know, in that fourth trimester, which we've discussed before in in past episodes. But you can start protecting that next sleep phase by not letting them sleep too long and then keeping those wakeful periods short. So I do recommend capping nap at two hours. If it's consolidated sleep, really not letting baby sleep longer than two hours and waking baby up so that baby is then tired enough to fall back asleep for their next nap or even for bedtime. So toddlers too. Toddlers could go a little bit longer when you're looking at two and a half hours. You know, if they're on that one nap in the afternoon, you could push past the two hour mark a little bit. But for babies, when they're on at least, you know, whether it be three naps, two naps, well, I shouldn't say three because the third nap is really just a 30 to 45 minute nap, that cat nap. But that morning and afternoon nap, you really do want to cap it at two hours, no longer than that. So I hope that helps guys. Thank you so much for joining me on my first full sleep clinic episode. I will definitely be creating more soon. And like I said, guys, if you want your sleep question possibly answered on an upcoming episode, make sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Both are at GN sleep site, and you can message me your sleep questions there. Remember I can answer your entire family's sleep questions from baby to adult. Until next time, I wish everyone sweet dreams and a good night. Thanks for listening, guys, and be sure to check back for more episodes helping your family bring back bedtime. And to make sure you don't miss out, you can subscribe to the This Girl Loves Sleep podcast through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, basically wherever you get your podcasts. And download our free sleep resources at goodnightsleepsite.com slash podcast. And if you like what you hear, guys, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. That helps the This Girl Loves Sleep podcast reach even more families like yours who deserve better sleep.